Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. All right, open your Bible to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. Love hearing those Bible pages turn. And if you are in your app or on your phone, whatever, just make a, make a sound like a Bible page is turning. Shh, shh, shh. Praise the Lord. So, Isaiah 40, verse 1. When you got it, say got it. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended. That her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Now this verse is quoted in Luke 3. And I could chase a few rabbits through different scriptures that it pops up. And among a number of things, this is something the Lord really has put on my heart to to declare for us in this ramp to relaunch season that we're having in this church. Plus this, I believe we're we're stepping into like um, a time of harvest, uh, not only here as part of that ramp and relaunch, there's a harvest. But every time it's harvest season, any good farmer is remembering that it's also coming time to sow again. So in every harvest, there's seed, and every seed, there's harvest. And the greatest harvest of all is souls. It's the greatest harvest of all, souls. And God, you know, chose a person to reach a people and then chose, reach, chose those people to reach, you know, all people, chose a nation to reach all nations, chose a city, Jerusalem, to reach all cities. That according to the covenant and blessing with Abraham, It's in you, in this covenant blessing through Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I'm blessed to be a... So when you see these prophetic moments throughout um, Old Testament, it all is fulfilled in Christ. And so when it speaks, speak comfort to my people. It's not just, there's elements that are specifically assigned in that. A, a prophetic word can have different um, releases. A prophetic word can be to a people of one time and it still have enough seed in it for a people of another time. There's an ultimate fulfillment and then there's fulfillments along the way. And those fulfillments along the way keep us in the game, keep us focused to remember the final fulfillment. And so there's fulfillments with with the Jewish people and with the land of Israel and stuff and all that. I'm not going to talk about that, but all that is really important, which is why uh, our nation and you you, you don't need to um, turn your back on Israel. 
Uh, not, not because the people are perfect. Not has nothing to do with that. It's following the, the heart of God and following the intentionality of God and the purpose and plan of God. God uses you, but you ain't perfect. And so I am not the person that just says, oh, Israel does everything right. I'm, I think that it, it, God will confront those whom he loves. But this is a time to stand with Israel. Now, this is not what I'm talking about this morning, but I just want you to see that's one part of the promise. The real fulfillment of the promise is the war is over, meaning the Messiah, the champion of Israel, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles, for everybody else that our war is over too because he finished the fight. And our war is over. If you're fighting for something, you've already you, you've messed it up. Our war is over. We're fighting from something. We're fighting to occupy and possess in present time what Jesus has already finished and fulfilled. And there's squatters and giants and demonic things and and different things on the land and on in the spiritual realm and stuff that that is saying no. That that's is trying to back up and say no. This was not fulfilled and trying to steal. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and and so trying to undo the victory that Jesus has done through His death, burial, and resurrection. And we, as His church, are empowered because the war is over. We're empowered with his anointing and his authority to go uh, drive out those lingering people. Jeff said it so great this morning that Jesus is king. And he said, Satan is the prince and the power of the air. And there's a difference between a prince and a king. And so we're not enthroned by it. We're not deputized by a prince. We're, in, we're given delegated authority by a king who's over every other king. And we have a, 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 royal, we're a royal priesthood, meaning a, a king-priest anointing to drive out now that the war is over. But some of us are, are begging God and walking through certain things, trying to believe, oh, Jesus, would you please come give victory? He already has. You just need to know how to walk in it. And so my, my heart was drawn recently in prayer as, as a descriptor to this season about rampant relaunch and souls and harvest and all kinds of things I could go and teach all kinds of scriptures about. But today I wanted to tell you, prepare the way of the Lord. Multiple levels that you in your life prepare the way of the Lord to work in you, to work through you. Prepare the way of the Lord. You know what that literally means? It means to remove the obstacle. Jesus defeated the enemy. It's your job to remove the obstacle. You have freedom. You are no longer oppressed. You have authority over oppression and depression. But you got to be responsible. I never. I don't know if this is going to make sense. It's going to sound good with all the shuns in it. Over oppression and depression, but you have to be a steward of the impressions of the Lord in you because he's walking out that victory. The victory he's already won is being experienced and released in a fresh way every day of your life if you have ears to hear. And so this prepare the way of the Lord is, is, is to prepare the way of the Lord for his first coming in Isaiah 40. 
and in Luke chapter 3. But now that Jesus has come and given us the victory, there's almost like a whole new prepare the way of the Lord. That this prophetic word has a whole new expression in our day because we're preparing the earth for the second coming. And I don't know about you, but Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come quickly. And so in this prepare the way of the Lord, the, the passion is, is really important to see this because John the Baptist, this is John the Baptist in Luke 3 was the one that quoted this. They said, who are you, John? Are you the Messiah? He said, no, I ain't him. I'm not the Messiah. Then who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Are you, who are you? And, this is, and what he said when answering who you are, no, notice that John the Baptist and Jesus both declaring their identity. Jesus did it in Luke 4, 18 when he was in the synagogue and he said, he opened up the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he said, um, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So notice Jesus declaring his identity of who he is was quoting scripture. John the Baptist declaring the identity of who he is was quoting scripture. That the Holy Spirit took from the word of God and said, this is who you are. Who do you get your identity from? Your money? <laughs> That's funny. Your success, your titles, your accomplishments. Or maybe you get your identity from your failures. Getting your identity from your success, money, and accomplishments is, is funny. It's like, oh, you, you think you did something. Oh, that's cute. Oh, you think you have something because you got some money in the bank. Problem is you're comparing yourself to the wrong person. So that's funny. The flip side is tragic. Because you have failed, you think, in Christ. Before Christ, it would be true. You're a sinner. You don't, you don't have any hope. There, you're, you, you have no hope in this world without Christ. That's what, that's what the scriptures teach. No hope. You can't get there from here. But once you're in Christ and you're still holding on to your failures, still holding on to the depression, still holding on as, as this is who I am, so that's sad. That's tragic. But when you get revelation of who he is and who he is in you, suddenly you have this thing where you want to prepare the way of the Lord. And the way that that happened was John the Baptist in preparing the way of the Lord. He came and you know what his message was? You know what his opening line was? His message was repent, change the way you think, turn. Because that word prepare actually means turn. It means turn. Here's, what you, here's who you were. Here's what you are doing. And here's what you're trapped in or whatever. It's time for you to turn because God's taking your life in a new direction. And you have to be willing to at least follow the new thing that the Lord is doing at least as diligently as you were following the old thing you were doing. What doesn't work is 100% old way, 50% new way. Doesn't work. And so John the Baptist came saying, repent, people, repent. Change the way you think. Turn. Because the king is at hand. See, when he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's saying the king is at hand. Because every operating thing of the kingdom is the overflow of the king. 
So the king is here. The king is at hand. He's come to rule and reign. The prince is being dethroned because the king is here. And then Jesus stepped in right after John the Baptist and his message was, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within your reach. Anything at hand is within your reach. I can't wait for a little bit later. Lunch is going to be at hand. It's within your reach. And so this reality for your life, prepare the way of the Lord, is literally what it means is remove the obstacles, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you want the Lord and His purpose and promise operating in your life, it's repent. Change the way you think because the King is at hand. And you can follow Him if you want to. And in these ways, you see, it, you see what He describes out in, in breaking that down in these verses. He says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for, for the Lord. What that means is a roadway. It literally, it, it speaks, I believe, to doctrine because doctrine is a pathway, a teaching, a pathway. Doctrine is not just intellectual information like a library. It's like a, a pathway that's interactive for you to walk out the truth that you're, that you're talking about. Doctrine is not a classroom where you learn a theory. True teaching um, of the Word of God is something that is truth made flesh in your life and it's interactive and you experience in your life and you don't really know it until you do it. It's not that you know it when you say it, when you can recite it. How many things can you recite of the Lord that you're right now not walking in? It's not for you to recite, it's for you to repent. I love what Donald Sims says one time. He says the church is well, is educated far beyond its level of obedience. And so what he says here is we're going to make, when the Lord comes, preparing the way of the Lord, here's what it's going to look like. The high or the, the low places are brought high. That means the things right now that are out of place with God's will, that are out of place with God's uh, way, that are out of place with the Lord. The king is coming to bring a repentance and a correction to this issue of the low things in your life that you have learned to live with. He has come to exalt that. He has come to build that up. And there is a false humility. There's a depression and an oppression. There's a darkness that some of you have learned to live with from the prince and the power of the air who brought you to a low place that you feel like you can't get out. You feel like you'll never be free. You always think people are looking down at you. But the king has come to destroy what the prince has done. The king has come to destroy the works of the enemy and the things that have made you low and put you in your grave and put you buried beneath whatever. And, and brought you in this low place, Jesus came down to this low place to say, repent for the king is at hand and I am now going to exalt you. See, when you humble yourself before the Lord, he will exalt you. And the enemy lies to you, even religiously, in certain things to keep you in a false, destructive, um, inaccurate humility that actually makes you uh, not the head, uh, but the tail. 
And I'm telling you what the Lord is doing in this work, what He's doing, I just, I just sense it. This is, uh, and it's not just for you, it's regionally. It's regionally. Part of what He's doing is the low places, the places that are below where Jesus intends it to be. Some of you are living in a level of poverty that is below where Jesus wants you to be. And you believe by a religious mindset that it's righteous or humble to be poor. And you've drunk the Kool-Aid about whatever, but I want you to know, and you better know it in this church, that prosperity is for the purpose of generosity. And you are blessed to be a blessing. And poverty, there is no righteousness in poverty. There is no, there is no, uh, I love it what I heard a man say one time, there is no commandment to be poor. And I'm not talking the flip side of like MTV Cribs, look at what all I got. I'm not talking about that. You deal with the Lord. The Lord wants you to enjoy nice things in my opinion. But all prosperity is for the purpose of generosity. And the Lord wants to bring you up in a number of areas. I don't have time to talk about the different areas, but prepare the way of the Lord. What's it look like in your life? What's it look like in the life that you have in this city? Your connections, your influence in the city with what God's called you to do. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm talking about what God's calling you to do. And the reality of that is the Lord, through your relationship with the Lord, the anointing of Christ, the mind of Christ, the word of Christ, the presence of Christ, the spirit of the Lord has come to bring the low places high. But he's also come to bring the high prideful places low. Those mountaintops, the mountains you've made. The mountain of the Lord is beautiful. Your mountain is terrible. The monuments that you make. The mountains and your monuments that you make for your name are worthless and meaningless. But when you build the kingdom of God, it's amazing. So, so at the same time, God can be at work in a people taking the low thing and making it high. Bringing it up, taking the high prideful thing and bringing it low. Some of you are in this room and you need the spirit of the Lord. You need to open to him to take the low depressive thing and make it high and bring it up to its rightful place. And then some of you need to take the impressive thing and make it low. You need to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord that he may lift you up. He gives more grace to the humble. And I believe in our city, what's going to happen is the prideful, corrupt, and arrogant, all this is going to be brought low to a place of righteousness. And then the low thing that's unrighteous, even if it's religious, but it's unrighteous, is going to be brought high to a level of the righteousness. See, seek first the kingdom of God and His. Right here. He's doing it in your life. He's doing it in my life. He's already, he's already done it in the sense of it's already been provided. Now we have to steward to partner with Him, walk in this. The, last, the, the third thing is the crooked places straight. You've heard me tell stories about when I'm trying to do finishing work and trying to save money and do work myself and put up crown molding, and it's a little bit crooked. And that's why we have um, caulk. <laughs> Praise the Lord. but they're crooked places in your life. You know what crooked speaks to? Crooked speaks to things that are not true. That's where deception comes in. It's your truth, somebody else's truth, but it's not the truth. And sometimes there are certain areas of our life that you would prefer them crooked instead of straight. 
because crooked, you prefer crooked because you prefer your truth instead of straight, which is his truth. The problem with crooked, your truth is your truth doesn't set you free. His truth does. So corruption and leadership that is corruption, that's one of the things I pray that Lord in all areas, the church house, the government house, the White House, all other houses in between, um, Lord expose business houses, Lord expose corruption. And so he brings the crooked, the things that are out of alignment with him, he makes it straight. There are things in your life, operating in your life right now that is out of alignment with God's will. Some of your relationships are out of alignment with God's will. God loves you. He still loves you right in your crooked. He loves your crooked nose. He loves your crooked. He loves you, but it's not about him loving you. He loves you even though you're crooked. But he loves you enough to make you straight. The question now becomes, do you love him or do you love crooked more? Anybody who says, God loves me in order to maintain a crooked lifestyle has not had a full revelation of God's love. And the last thing is the rough places made smooth. That word rough places means places that are impassable. Like you, you, it's too rough. You can't get there from here. It's like, it's like barriers and things. And, and some of you, the Lord has caught you have dreams. And, you, and some of you might not even know exactly why you have this dream. And, and maybe you have this dream from God, but you've been trying to fulfill it in the flesh. Some of you are called to be leaders. Some of you are called to be world changers. But, but you've been trying to do it in the flesh, which is kind of build your kingdom. And you're taking this call of God in your life, but you're not yielding it back to him to say, Lord, I want you to do this through me because you're the one who's, you're the one who's empowered me. And you're going to do this through me. We're going to do it together. And, and you've gifted me and called me to do this. Let's go get this thing done. Instead, you're like, okay, go, Lord, it's like I sense you want me to do something. I sense you've called me to this realm or this thing, business, leadership, whatever it may be. I got it, God. I got it. You sit right there. You watch. I'm going to go do this thing. Because he loves you, he'll let you. But some of you need to be Moses-like. You need to come back to Moses in the middle of your calling. And you, need, you just need to remind yourself. It's not reminding the Lord because he hasn't forgotten. But you need to be Moses-like in Exodus 33 and come back to him and say, Lord, I just prayed to see him recently. Lord, all this vision that you're giving me, all this vision, all these things that I see, if you don't go with us, your presence doesn't go with us, I ain't going. Because the, the beautiful thing is not what God wants to accomplish and achieve through your life. You don't accomplish anything. You don't achieve anything. The beauty is not what God will accomplish and achieve in your life. The beauty is the relationship that's developed as you're doing it with the Lord. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. And so the rough places are the, the things that are barriers between you and your calling. You may see it, but it's, impa- it's impassable. It's not impossible, I see it, but I can't get there from here. It's like if you don't have a boat, but there's water. It's impassable. There's a mountain there. It's impassable. And what the Lord does, He takes the rough places and makes it smooth. 
And he does it not by strength, not by your might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So I'm telling you right now, you have a responsibility to prepare the way of the Lord that's connected to his second coming. That your lifestyle should live, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at at hand. That your lifestyle in walking with the king should be so real and so evident and not religious and not judgmental and not all that kind of stuff, but your lifestyle should be so evident. Christ in you should be so prevalent. The grace of God working itself out through you should be so strong and so prevalent that in this chaotic world, when the darkness is getting darker, the light should be getting brighter. And so what needs to happen is to focus on what the Lord is doing and come and say, Lord, I thank you that you're using me. I've turned to you to prepare the way of you in me and prepare the way of you through me. And I repent that the kingdom of heaven uh, will, will operate more readily and function more greatly through my life. And I do that by any low thing, let's bring it high. Any high thing, let's bring it low. Any crooked thing, let's repent and bring it back to straight. And any rough thing. See, some of, some of it, you have made it rough. Not even others have made it rough. You've made it impassable. And you're the one in your own way limiting God. For whatever reason. But as we walk through this and we say, Lord, do something in me, that means here as we worship and come together, your worship and your time worshiping the Lord is so important. It's not about performance and, oh, let's, let's do it you know, um, with some kind of thing to earn something. But let's do it believing Jesus has already finished the work. And then when we come meet in life groups and you build relationships with other people, some of you are in this room and you don't have any friends. And the sad thing is you blame other people for it. I encourage you, before you go find a life group, but before you go look in the mirror, practice smiling. Practice talking to people. Hi. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Practice that. I don't like going to meet new people. Well, you, need to, you need to start. And worship team, come back up. You need to start. You need to start walking in this and, 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 and growing in this. Because life groups, I'm telling you guys, God has, given, God has brought Jeff here and has taken the vision that I've communicated for years here. And God has brought someone to come, bring execution to it. And bring it to pass. And as we do that, we're going to see we're going to see the Lord just unfold. And I'm telling you, through, through this house and through the, our large gatherings, through life groups and through all that kind of stuff, I'm, it's ramp season to a relaunch season. It's, all of, it's, it's harvest time. And I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible to watch what the Lord does. I really believe that. And I am convinced it's not because of me. But it's because... We are now listening at another level. And God has brought different people to align this thing up. And here's the deal. Things are changing. 
And if you're not comfortable with change, you're going to have a tough time. Let the Lord work in you to present yourself before Him, literally for you to be able to say, Lord, I turn to you. I repent. Not just repent to be saved, but even the saved repenting back to the Lord to say, okay, I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to change my routine. I'm going to change what I do. Some of y'all come to church once a month. You need to change that. Some of y'all come to church about 10 minutes late and leave 10 minutes early. You need to change that. Some of you don't pick up the Bible all week. You need to change that. Some of you are not in a life group. You need to change that. Some of you are not leading a life group. You need to change that. Some of you are not opening your home to host people to come in. You need to change that. And I want us as a church family to have this heartbeat. Lord, I turn to you. And Lord, it's like prepare the way of the Lord in and through my life. Take the low places that I've learned to live in and make them bring boldness up in me. Take these prideful places that I've learned to live from and let humility come inside of me. Take these crooked places where I swear I'm right in my own eyes and let me come back to truth into alignment with you. And take these rough places where it feels like I just can't go through it. It's impassable. And let God just make it smooth. Smooth. That I can start walking forward in a place others thought was in, impassable. That's the heartbeat. And I want to take just a few minutes and worship the Lord. And what I want to do is um, I want the worship or the prayer team to come on up. And we're going to, end, we're going to engage in worship again. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I dare y'all come up and pray with them. They're fired up. <laughs> See, this is where, hey, just, I'm, just, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you a little church info, help you out. See, people like this who are jacked up in the Holy Spirit, when you're sitting there or when you're standing worshiping, don't look them in the eye because he'll run to your seat next. So just like, you know, don't, don't look at him. Uh, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to worship. I want you to take a moment and really have this thing in your heart of, Lord, let my life be prepared for all that you want to do in me and do through me. And let him identify. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Let him identify the low places that need to be brought high, the high places that need to be brought low, the crooked places and the unclean places in your life brought straight, brought back to purity. And those rough places where, man, that's just rough. I don't know if I can get through that or if I don't know if I can get to that. That the Lord will make it smooth because He's already finished the work and already provided your purpose and destiny. So I want you to take a moment as we worship the Lord. If you need prayer for any reason, you can come to an altar and just connect with the Lord. But if you're here this morning and, and you've never given your life to the Lord, you've never given your life to the Lord, and if you were to die this morning, you don't have confidence that you would go to heaven. You can come talk to one of these and, and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to stop running. I want to stop trying to do it in my own strength. 
And I want the King of Kings to come live inside of me. And I'm done running. I'm done performing. And I want to give my life to Jesus. Some of you, you've already done that, but you would be honest. If you would be honest, you say, I need to give my life back to Jesus. And here's what will happen in your head. If you've been church long enough, you'll say, I'll do it later after Cracker Barrel. No, no, no. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it now. Because part of the self-deception is, I'll do it later. And you humble yourself. Some of you can't imagine yourself coming down to one of these people and saying, I need prayer. And if that's you, may your pride be broken in Jesus' name. Because I consider it an honor to be prayed for by any of these people. So let's lift our heart to the Lord. And if you need prayer for any other reason, you come down. Healing. If you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need power in your life. You need clarity in your life. Whatever it is, you come down and receive prayer. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we present our hearts and lives before you as a people in this city, in this region, to say we want our lives to turn to you fully, fully, not halfway. We turn ourselves to you. Prepare the way of the Lord that you would have your way in our life. And that the glory of the Lord would be released. That we would see the salvation of the Lord unfold. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.